I've talked to crazy executives, huge investors by just being a real human and just not asking, Hey, I need to get this or that from you. My message to you is just like, I love what you're doing and it's incredible. I am unwilling to give up that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi everyone. And welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so excited to have Sean Holiday here. Very, very excited. Sean Thanks for had having actually, me. yeah, super excited. Sean had actually reached out to me uh, through LinkedIn and, of course, is a fan of Hint. So, I mean, of course. Oh, I, long I, fan. I, so excited <laughs> to hear from him. But then the more that we started going back and forth, and I started looking a little bit more into space station. I was really excited to have him on the show. I, so I think I had just, I think I had just messaged you and said, thanks for just creating a great product that I appreciated and loved. And then it turned into like, wait, maybe you should come on the show. And now we're here. Yeah, no, exactly. I I loved it. And I loved some of the video that I saw of you and some of the other interviews. So it's super cool. So Sean, as I mentioned, is uh he has two Sean's in the company, which we'll talk about. Yeah. So it's Sean Holiday here we're talking to the co-founder of the Space Station. He's based in Utah. And for those listeners that don't know Sean, he's just this awesome entrepreneur who's truly killing it. And he's also an angel investor. He's a dad of four boys. So I got a girl coming in May. Oh, you're kidding. Congratulations. Yeah. I was the last of five. Did you know that? There you go. So no. yeah. So I was uh I can tell you all about being the fifth kid, so and or tell your daughter and yeah, I was four oh, or five, so I know kind of right there at the range. That's awesome, very very cool. So uh, he's the business and the brand star you all need to know about, and uh, space station integrations and space station gaming have everything from talent management, influencer marketing, gaming, and business development, and just super super cool. So we're gonna. Hear it all from John right now. Yeah, Yeah. let's get into it. So living in Utah, but where did it all begin? So yeah, I mean, I'll go back a little bit. I'm actually from Arizona as well as you are. You're kidding. Uh, No. So I was born and raised in Sholo. So I know where Sholo is. So Lakeside Eager. Little town, but it's it's awesome. So I was born and raised there and my mom uh, early, so she just barely sold it about a year and a half ago. She owned a Dairy Queen. And so we grew up obviously with my mom owning a Dairy Queen. And then my dad started uh, a, two air medical companies. So like helicopters pick you up on the road, take you to the hospital. So growing up, I you know learned and knew all about just running your own businesses and hiring and firing and scale. And you know in the in the air medical businesses, it's heavy capital, so it's raising money and it's you know having partners. And so I grew up constantly learning about and just being in the environment of having to put the work in and the buck stops there, right? If my mom didn't wake up and she didn't make sure that the payroll was paid and that the buildings lights and open the doors, you know, we didn't make money. Um, so that was kind of really like the genesis of, and where I had this like interest in creating my own piece of the world, like creating my own environment. That's so So that was, yeah, back in, you know, Sholo and then fast forward several years, uh, obviously later. Yeah. Started, uh, in is 2009. I'd come off my mission. So I served in Honduras with later, the story will make sense with Sean Duras, my business partner, Sean McBride. So we had met there, but between 2009 and 2016, I had done, I mean, this is horrible time in, in the economy, right? So I do debt collect. First, I do telemarketing. Then I step up to debt collecting. Then from debt collecting, I run a janitorial company. And that was the first taste of kind of real logistics and real growth potential was running this janitorial company. We had like 50 locations. This is all in Arizona, like Arizona Biltmore, the Fairmont Princess, like locations that you, I'm sure you know. Yeah. And so, so we're just handling the cleaning of kind of 
the common areas there. And so I really learned how to, you know, we had 120 employees. And so I really just learned how to like make sure that locations were taken care of and follow up with the managers of those locations, make sure they were happy. And so I was like, wait, this wasn't my company. I just worked for another guy. And I was just like, wait, this is, there's something here. And I could see how I could scale it and do better and more. And we were doing that together. From there, I started my own company. So this is now like 2013, uh, realized that I had just more, me and my brother had kind of thought of this idea called crowd mics. So it would turn your phone into a microphone in a live event. And so I was in nursing school. My brother was working in commercial real estate, Tim, and he, we both said, let's just throw everything we've got and try to make this work. And so we threw literally all of our money. I'm a poor student. Like this is my wife's money, by the way. So we throw all my all the money she had saved up. Tim saves, uh, throws his money in, and we get this app developed. That literally, imagine being in a room of two or three hundred people. You talk into your phone, and it comes over the sound system. How often have you thought about learning a new language, only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works, and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn, quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long, term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including 
health as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. And we're the first novel of its kind. We're like, we're groundbreaking. So fast forward, we ended up raising money uh, out of Silicon Valley, like 1.6 million on a seed round. And so that gets and going. You're in up Arizona learning. at this point. Like in, a, in a garage with like a little air conditioning unit in it. Arizona, Mesa, Arizona. And that was really the breakthrough of when I realized that one, there was so much more opportunity in the world than I thought. Mm-hmm. And two, that it didn't take a, like this, I thought it was always just this wizard person that had learned all these things. Like I had founded a company with my brother, both of us totally normal dudes with no previous experience in the specific turning a phone into a microphone, which had never existed. And all of a sudden we're the thought leaders and we have influence and we're winning awards and we're raising money. And it just clicked that like, wait, I can kind of do whatever. Honestly, like I can create things and people will react to those. And there's groups of people that love this. And we found that out by pitching hundreds of people and some of them would get really excited of them. Some of them didn't care at all. And, and that was when it really opened up my eyes. And so we went on to sell that to buy amp that uh, crowd mics. We sold that to buy amp and then it was like, okay, what's next. And that's really where now it's 2000, December of 2016. That's where it gets started with the space station. So that's the backstory. Now we're here uh, at the space station. Do you want me to give like a high level of what the yeah, space so station is Yeah, so talk about now? space station and how okay. did you get that idea and going from mics that turn into <laughs> mega amps and, and yeah. <laughs> amplifiers and, and uh, I, I, I don't know if that's the right term or not, but yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 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 One to many taking one microphone and, and everybody could hear you. So um, I came up here for like a week to meet with Sean. Uh, my co-founder. And we were just trying to see if this thing could work. And at the time, Sean was the biggest Snapchat account in the world. So he had figured out and he was, wasn't like, he didn't have any famous friends or cousins, didn't live in LA. He lived in Utah. He just found that Snapchat was just this land grab, right? It's 2014 when he started. So by 2016, he had amassed this following by just making really kind of creative, fun Snapchats and his were doodles. So he would make these really fun, great doodles. He had been on like uh, American Idol in the audience where Seacrest comes up. He does this like cool custom thing. He was on the Forbes 30 under 30. He was all this stuff that he just created by just putting it in the world and saying like, I'm the Snapchat guy. So by now he had had YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, and he had had uh, a little team of four or five people here that were just kind of creating this really media, just YouTube videos. So I came up a couple days. I see there's a roadmap. This thing could get bigger. We could just do bigger brand deals and, you know, hyper-focus in and consulting. Sean was just a really great marketer and man, there's something here. So when I came up the first three months, we just went really heads down on the Chandra's brand. And we ended up working and doing a, a consulting deal with Viacom and Taco Bell. And we worked with Century 21 and Subaru and Xfinity and Tilly's. And we just, it was this roller coaster for three, four months. And then we realized that the inventory of scale was one guy. It all depended on Sean. If he got hit by a bus, we're in trouble. If, you know, he got sick for a couple of days, production went way down and 
and revenue followed it. And so we we realized by about March, April, that it was time to figure out another way to scale. Because we both had a lot of ambition. We were yeah. it was great. The the revenue was there, but we wanted to like really rocket ship. So intuitively looked around and said, if we could do it with Sean's brand in that way, could we do it with other influencers? And so the very first kind of outside of Sean influencer was a kid named Tanner Fox. And he's like an action sport athlete, a vlogger. And at the time he was 17 years old and didn't have any management, didn't have anybody really on his team. So we met him and I just said, Hey, I think I can bring you some opportunities that you otherwise wouldn't get. And we'd want to, I'd want to take a cut of it, Sean and I, right. And I think we can help you. And he's like, yeah, please. Like I thought it was going to be way harder and I was all ready to like pitch him. And he's like, yeah, go for it. So we pick up Tanner Fox at the time. He had about 2 million subscribers. He now has 10 uh, on YouTube. Then the next talent was in May. We picked up a, a guy named Peter McKinnon. So he was a photographer, really strong uh, kind of storyteller. And at the time he had 300,000 subscribers. He now has 5 million. So these are the first two guys that we just happened to start working with that were both on these just rocket ships. So June of 2015, we founded Space Station Integrations, which was an influencer marketing agency. We founded Space Station Gaming, which is a competitive esports company. The Shonduras brand kept growing and kind of we were keeping that going with videos and content. Um, so now fast forward. So that's this is June of 2017. Fast forward. Uh, Space Station Integrations has done deals with Hot Wheels and a sold-out show at the Staples Center and a backpack that we had created. We even did work with Hint uh, back in the day with Nick Sharma. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, we've we've worked with this just vast big group of brands and incredible creators. And so that's now, you know, grown. The internal team's about 15 people. You know, we've done tens of millions of dollars of revenue through, uh, you know, which is cool because we get to pay these creators a ton of money uh, and these brands get these great case studies and growth and revenue. And so, so that company's done really, really well. Like last year we did 14 million. This year we'll probably do 20 to 25 uh, million in revenue. So, so that started going space station gaming. We, we wanted one of these two companies to work. Mm -hmm. They both worked. So Space Station Gaming, fast forward, we won a world championship in Rainbow Six Siege. We're number three, top three in the world in Rocket League. Um, we've got a Valorant team. We've got a Smash League. All of a sudden, we became this force in the gaming scene where, yeah, we really had a, a different style, you know, very family friendly. We wanted it to be focused on, you know, great original content uh, that our team was creating. And so, yeah, Space Station Gaming now has an incredible, you know, community. We've won some world championships. Uh, it's got this just really, really great momentum to it. And then size-wise, we've got about 60, 70 gamers and streamers, and then about 20 to 25 internal staff that are on that company. I'm almost done. And then I, I want know, I a bunch of questions from you. I'm not yeah, trying to know, take I over just talking the whole no, time. No, I love it. It's, it's yours. yours. <laughs> so then, then we kept doing the Shonduras brand over those, you know, that three and a half, four years. It started a second channel called A for Adley, which was just about having fun and educating kids. It was Sean's daughter, Adley, uh, in the content. And it was really just Sean and Adley having fun and storytelling and teaching good principles of eating healthy and doing your chores and, you know, and having fun. And between those two channels, we do about 250 to 300 million views a month. Insane. So, so those just where, where generally all YouTube, all on YouTube, yep, all on YouTube. And so those really, really picked up, which was phenomenal. And then in July of 2019, we invested in our first outside company because this was all self-funded. So we've never taken on any investors. We have no, you know, board, the board is me and Sean. And so, so we'd self-funded all of this. And in June, uh, July of 2019, a friend named Chris Bennett reached out and said, Hey, I've got an opportunity for you guys to invest in a company. We're like, wow, we don't need to invest. We have so much going on here. Like, why would we invest? Yeah. Like Angel Invest in a company. He said, it's called Magic Spoon, hmm. right? It sounds cool. And he's like, it's high protein cereal, keto friendly, low sugar, no sugar. We're like, that sounds great. I mean, we all love cereal. So we invested in Magic Spoon, didn't touch any other Angel stuff, went back to work. 
July of 2020 comes back, Magic Spoon has grown exponentially and they're offering to let us in this the follow-on round. And we're like, a hundred percent. That's insane. Like we had been working with them throughout the year doing their influencer. And so we were really stoked. So we re we invested in July of 2020 in Magic Spoon again. And then from about September till now, we've invested in about 32 other companies. So it's about one a week. And so we've just been incredibly active on the angel investment. A lot, some of them are just a cool story that we believe in and just want the founders to have a chance. Some of them are really well-known companies like Olipop or Koya, um, or let's see what some oats overnight, Slate Milk, uh, Via wow. Customer, Ayoba Canopy. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, and so we found ourselves in this little food mogul spot where we were investing in these incredible fast-growing foods. And so now, yeah, the team's about like 70, 75, and then 60 streamers and gamers. So about like 130, 140 on payroll. And yeah, we're not slowing down. I mean, things are looking up and doing really, really well, which is fun. And I'm on this podcast with you, which is great. Where do you <laughs> spend the most time between all of those companies? I spend probably the majority of my time with Sean on kind of trying to build our leaders here mm -hmm. so that that's how scale would ultimately happen is making sure that they're all confident and can make decisions and that you know, we're infusing the culture and the sauce is what we call it of the, of the space station. And then outside of that, I talked to probably four to six founders a day at all levels, doing a hundred million in revenue down to launching their first product, uh, you know, in the next quarter. And that's where we source a lot of our investments, client work, just friends like you. I like to just learn from incredible people. Um, so I spend quite a bit, a bit of my time there. And then, yeah, just across the the whole thing. A lot of time with Sean. Sean and I spend quite a bit of time together just looking at the roadmap. So social boom, I mean, obviously the other Sean and Snapchat understands that platform, you know, very, very well. How how do you think, and you've introduced so many brands as well to social media as a whole, it, how do you think that has changed over the... I mean, I don't even know what data. I mean, you said he's been on Snapchat since 2014. And is that when Snapchat yeah. started? Mm, it, it started early, a little bit earlier, but that's where, yeah, he had really picked up and figured out that it was time to double down and make something out of this. I think the, not the biggest change, but I think one thing that we've realized and try to, to teach the industry is that there's, it's a massive, massive market everybody's on social in some degree, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, nowadays, stereo or clubhouse, or there's one popping up. It used to be, you know, meerkat and periscope, if you remember. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's just been this evolution constantly of platforms and places to go, but there's always humans and lots of humans there. What we found is you can find now these really niche, incredible communities. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, I want to put paid ads to the world, and if they could just see my product, I know they'll convert. You can say, I know for a fact that women 25 to 45 have an affinity for my product. I want to talk to them. Then you can say, I really love them when they're more keto focused. So now you can go and find a YouTuber who has keto yeah. you know, followers that are focused on women 25. And it's like, you can get so specific and you'd be surprised. There is a community for every single thing, a watch so community, true. a headphone community, a shirt community, a microphone community. So you just go in and they might be small, might be 10,000 people. And then you can find the, you know, right now, Logan Paul and Pokemon, it's this multi-million of people focused on Pokemon cards and trading and finding Charizards and that whole world. So you can go really, really broad or you can go incredibly narrow. That's probably the biggest focus we try to help clients with and individuals realize that like, stay niche, find your pocket of what you're good at. And there's people there. And also, I just think you touched on community. I mean, I think it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. I launched my book in late October and people in the book industry or other authors kept saying to me, just get on podcasts. And I said, oh, what podcasts? And they'd say, yeah. oh go get on Tim Ferriss's podcast. And I, I was like, okay, 
Like, give me his phone number, right? <laughs> I mean, it was just, you know, I I just didn't know yeah. sort of wh- how to do that, right? Or, sort yeah. of, you know, a few others that, that were mentioned. And so then people would say, well, it wasn't, it's not Tim Ferriss's podcast, but it's somebody else's podcast. And that is a friend of mine, or I can get you hooked up or whatever. So I would take those intros and then I would get on these podcasts. Anyway, the net of it is between September 15th and the end of the year, I was on 240 podcasts. Oh my. And I think you, you and I met in the midst of that whole thing. And I was just like, I mean, it was crazy town, right? And anyway, I got on Wall Street Journal bestseller list, Amazon bestseller, all, all of the stuff. And people are now asking me how I did it. And I think it has everything to do with exactly what you are just talking about. And, you know, podcasts are not social media, but it's these small communities. And for me, it was a way to where initially my publisher, when I was launching my book, they said, okay, look, entrepreneurs are definitely going to love your book. But it's really fascinating, the feedback that I've been getting back from CEOs who are hearing me talk about in the book, for example, that I found the beverage industry and it wasn't that I wanted to become a beverage executive. I actually was going through my own sort of health issues and and getting off of Diet Coke. And so it was something that I was passionate about. I mean, people always talk about, you know, when you have kids, like you start to think about things. It's just, again, I think when you fall into these things that you're super interested in, and all of a sudden you've got these ideas for a business, a lot of people don't like take that next step. But there's purpose there, right? Right. Meaning your purpose was, I want to get off Diet Coke, so I'm going to find the solution. I don't have all this, you know, knowledge. You're just industry expert. You you worked at AOL before you didn't work at Coca-Cola. So it's like, it was finding that solution. I think that's one, what the communities look like. They're really focused in on wanting to learn how to play Settlers of Catan, or they're really focused in on trying to learn where Tom Brady goes from here and talking about sports, right? It's like, that's that same energy and that same same focus you bring to, you know, your workplace, wherever you're working at, or if you're founding a company, you bring that kind of focus and specific energy to solving that problem or being a part of that community as a whole. Um, well, and so what, what is interesting about it is that, so the person who was interviewing me for these podcasts, let's say, for example, that it had nothing to do with entrepreneurism. Let's say I was on a podcast for type 2 diabetics. Yep. And now type 2, our product is great for people with type 2 diabetes, but they view that product as theirs right? Or, you know, they view Hint because I'm in there talking about my book and why I founded the the company, et cetera. But again, when I say to them, have you ever heard of this podcast that is based on like this guy, um, David Novak, who does a podcast on CEOs of companies? And I mean, they're very, very different audiences. Yet when you're speaking to that audience, then they think it's theirs. There's some kind of ownership in it. And I guess it's the same with this. It's the exact same thing with social. And so anyway, the net of it is, is that I've got, you know, the publisher now who is, wants me to like disclose strategy around how I made all this happen. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. I'm still kind of gelling. I mean, do you hear what I'm saying? Like, it's like, why did it work? And I think it really goes to what you just talked about, about the influence of these small audiences. And when you're a brand or you're a book or whatever, you show up in those environments, then they jump on it. People don't count the one community, but they don't count the focus and energy in the the old one-to-one of like your best, you know, your best customers as referral and comes from some, we just want the virality. Yeah. Immediately we just wake up and just, I want my video to be at a million views and this is going to get shared so many times. Truly not necessarily like finding and converting against people that are passionate, the type two diabetes that say, this is our thing. And we'll tell everyone we meet why we love it so much more than just the person that casually passes by, maybe even buys it once and, or gets it handed to them at a sampling. It's like somebody who's willing to invest and see it and love it and tell like my mom Mm -hmm. who talks about it constantly and tells everybody how much she loves it. 
she's a true advocate of the brand and she has influence, right? Her influence just isn't the the influence Shonduras has to hundreds of millions of people, but her influence is to those around her that take it very much to heart. And so, yeah, I, I think this new social focus is around, you know, niche communities that, that really can help you even figure out the voice of your, of your product more than you think in your head or, you know, that you imagine or or want it to be, they can actually kind of just help you dictate what it actually is. Like, this is how we see what your product is. Yeah. It's so, it's super, super interesting. So I love that. Now you, now you're going to keep me up tonight, like thinking about this stuff because it's, (laughs) and the podcast stuff that you did was incredible because I think that just proved that if you can do it at scale, there's no one too small or big. They weren't just, I was on Gary V's and Tim Ferriss and no, and Joe Rogan. It's like, I was on random this person's and that to do 200 plus podcasts, there had to be and some I'm in there still that doing them. And it's interesting. Well, here's the other small. piece of this that I think is so fascinating is that we sent everybody a code and said, you know, when you post the podcast, say, hey, go pick up Kara's book. And so we're sending them to Amazon to go or wherever to go buy the book. And but it's interesting how these smaller, very um, focused communities where people actually know why they're showing up for the type two diabetes community or whatever versus these broader yep. ones. The bigger name podcasts that I was on, I, I hate to tell you, they didn't sell as many books. Yeah. And it because people are just showing up because they think, oh, I gotta go on and listen to this person because that's what lots of people are doing. So they may have bigger audiences, but do they transact? Yeah. And yep. And we've with the 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 real like whoa yeah. home run is when you have a big audience, that trend yeah. that's when it's just game over. But I think there's strength in, you know, really kind of figuring out and focusing on what that community and what the return and kind of call to action power is, uh, you know, of those people. And I'm I'm a true believer too of building your own, you know, influence. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and building and focusing on your brand, that content that you produce 200 and something times on podcast can be resurfaced into LinkedIn posts and into Instagram posts and into all this incredible stuff, not just for promotion or just, it's just storytelling of what you're doing and what's important to totally. you. I think that goes underrated. You know, I think yeah. people yeah. don't spend as much time as they and should. I think we do a lot of it, but I, I totally agree with you. I think that it's just not even. I mean, even this conversation that we're having right now, I mean, I'm sure my team will come back. They'll be like, wait a minute, back up, back up. It's <laughs> like, you haven't talked about this stuff. So it's, uh, you know, it's so interesting. So somebody said to me the other day, just because I know you know YouTube, we have not at hint paid a whole lot of attention to our YouTube. So, I mean, don't even go there because it's really, and I, and I, somebody said to me the other day, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it's the second largest search engine. Yeah. Google is the second. I mean, when you think about it, obviously Google's number yeah. one, Google owns YouTube in the search. If you were to look up something right now, hint water, it would show the top results. And then it'll usually show that middle section of videos. Mm-hmm. If you want to you know, visually see what they're talking about. So then people click into there or people just go to straight up YouTube and type in how to do this or water that's calorie free. And, you know, they'll search as if they were searching Google to just see what content is there around it. Yeah. I mean, we've seen tons and tons of traffic pushed through there. Uh, Specifically, that's why you got to have the strategy on the other end to make sure you're capturing that much like the SEO for your website and blog posts and all that. We do very much the similar thing in our description of our YouTube videos where we're trying to target and make sure that you know, no matter how you search us, you're going to find, you know, the Shonduras and Adley brands and Space Station Gaming and then our partner, you know, influencers we work with, you know, giving them that strategy to focus and say, this is a search engine. Let's make sure that we're in that top, you know, three to five videos when people find us. I think so many people forget about that. And I, I think it's it's definitely something that, you know, I think as I was saying to, to a person interviewing me earlier today, I said, you know, I think that the thing that I've realized about being an entrepreneur, and I think you obviously uh, 
participate or agree with this as well. It's like the puzzle never ends, right? You just keep, you know, you just keep adding on to it. And it's just, I think what would frustrate uh, the average person um, who maybe wants to get the puzzle and the picture and they want to solve it. And it's just, you just keep adding on. I mean, that's the fun. And if you don't have that mindset, then the stuff will make you nutty. There's a challenge every day. Cause like your guys' website, beautiful, your retail approach and the doors you're in insane. And then you're like, ah, but our YouTube, like, don't go look at it. It's like, then now, you know, 2021 has got to be a focus on making longer form content that tells a brand story and convert, you know, it's like, there's always something that, that we can all kind of learn and focus on the same in our personal lives. I can drink less soda. I can exercise more, spend more time with my family, you know, do better and more productive at work. It's, I think life, it's just a constant kind of moving target that we just have to constantly adjust to and, and figure out. I think it's so true. So TikTok, are you like, do you see, where do you see brands on TikTok these days? (laughs) It's interesting. TikTok is incredibly viral, right? It has just this crazy element of reach and exposure. We haven't seen the conversion there, right? The the call to action isn't strong and in, in a swipe up or a click, because uh, it just doesn't exist. Uh, you have to click out, go to their, you know, kind of handle, you know, page, click out of their bio to then get to the thing. So so we don't see a ton of like immediate call to action. However, it's really great brand recognition and just kind of brand, you know, top of funnel approach, uh, brand awareness. And we're seeing brands that have grown significantly on there that's driving traffic over, over to other channels, whether that's Instagram, uh, driving traffic to their YouTube or to their website, uh, you know, based off of kind of the content that they're creating. And then you'll see some like the, you know, cranberry whatever it was with the guys yeah ocean spray it's like you'll see some of these pops where all of a sudden it brings them back into the light they haven't otherwise been in tiktok though is just you throw literally you know youtube you're throwing a very dialed in curated piece of content that your audience expects 10 to 20 minutes just really focused good content tiktok you could throw 20 tiktoks up a day Mm -hmm. And one of those will go viral and do well. And the other ones, nobody even like scrutinizes you or cares. It's just like, it's there. And they just kind of look over it and look for the one that's like really, really great. And so I think the approach is just more spray and pray. And then when it goes, it goes and you get the traffic and and capture it, but you're not, it's not quite as, I'm not discrediting anybody creating TikToks. We have tons of creators that create TikToks. Just more the approach is just go, yeah. just scroll, 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 which creates this environment of just more volume than curation. So as a brand, we're seeing brands spin there. We've spent uh, plenty of money there uh, with brands. Um, we spent t- tons of time there creating content. Yeah, it's fast paced. It's viral. I think you've got to keep up with it uh, and you got to stay. It's not dancing. People think it's dancing. No. It's, it's very little of what the platform is. It's just kind of got that from the beginning mm-hmm. because of the Demelios and some others, but yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's actually interesting for, for, I just started going on TikTok and I'm certainly not dancing. I more did it just cause I was <laughs> curious about it, satisfying my curiosity. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting talking about repurposing some content. Some of my talks that I've done, well, we're taking like 15 second clips and we're t- talking about being an entrepreneur. That's my focus on there and about just building a company and just little things along the way. And, and, it'll go. and a few of them have gone it'll viral. Go. And actually, what I think is so interesting for me as a CEO is that my core audience is not the Gen Zers, right? Yet that's who's there and they're finding me and they're saying, and they're learning and they're, and they're learning totally. And, they're, yep. and, and yep. I didn't know, I knew that they were in a house where their parents were buying our product at Target or Whole Foods or whatever, but I didn't know how to reach them. And I'm actually reaching them right now. And it's super, I mean, as a leader, it's just, I'm curious. I'm just, I'm super interested in it. So it's because I think we always think we have to speak to the the demo that we're at. It's like, oh, okay, how do I be like relatable and super cool on TikTok? No, you need to speak to the platform, which the platform short form, very quick 
you know, nuggets and pieces of, you know, whether that's somebody falling, it's got to be right at when they fall, not 20 seconds of it building up and just random. And then all of a sudden they fall. It's like, they just want the very short buildup to get the context. They want the fall and then they're going to move on. So you need to build to the platform, but don't change your tone of voice because you want to be the aspirational piece there. You want to be the female founder that they can look up to and try to be one day. And so I think there's a difference and this goes for all platforms, but I think you feed into the platform's needs. You're not going to make uh, you know, an incredibly short video for YouTube. It's a longer form play unless you're doing a YouTube short, but traditionally it's like, it's a long form play your audience on Facebook. It's a completely different style. Your TikTok can't be one. It just can't be long form because they won't allow it, but you need to feed into that like, wow moment explosion to get people, you know, to stay around and keep scrolling through what you're doing. So Yeah. I don't think it's a change of content or style. I think it's just a, a molding to the the platform specifically. Yeah, I think it's so interesting. So in building all of these brands, I so you probably had doubters along the way who are like <laughs> that, you know, phone, amp, megaphone <laughs> thing. It's never yeah. going to work. You're never going to get yeah. funded. You're, you know, now you're going to get into the esports. I mean, I'm sure you had the doubters along the way. I mean, how do you, oh, how do you deal with that? And how do you kind of continue having this trying attitude? I think it takes, it takes, you know, a village, and for me, I was so fortunate the entire time to have incredible co-founders. Mm-hmm. I don't take that for granted. The first one being my older brother, right? In crowd mics and in the microphone, you know, and that he was just this, always I looked up to him my whole life and he was just this, you know, character that I wanted to be. And so when we got into business together and we're going down that road at that very much, the trust, obviously being my brother and the desire for us both to make something work was very, very strong, but then finding Sean, my current co-founder and not having obviously like blood brother, but having this trust and this appreciation for each other and this overall goal to make each other's lives just better and funner and, uh, more sustainable. And then now being fortunate to make the lives of other people sustainable, uh, and fun and, you know, having the, giving those freedoms that we always wanted, you know, when we were trying to, to work for someone else or trying to build a, a great company with other people. So I think for me, you know, the doubters and the haters, and we failed a lot. We always talk about all these successes and this and that we had three or four or five different things that just completely flopped and didn't go. We tried a shoe company, a toothbrush company. We tried a media company with TikTokers in a house. Like we tried a bunch of things that didn't pan out and just didn't quite go. Um, but the whole time it was constantly being able to look at the guy, you know, for us, for me, it was a guy, Sean, but look at the person next to you and say, let's keep going, man. We got this. We can do this. Like that's just a bump. Uh, we just got to stay positive and work harder and figure it out. And so all the hate and all those kind of just the, those naysayers always came the actual roadblocks, whether it was financial or time, or, I mean, me and Sean were today, uh, looking through, we actually had, uh, have somebody that we just hired that is like building the history of the space station from Sean's Snapchat to now. It's like currently like 180 pages, which is cool. But we were kind of going through this today and just remembering like all night trips, you know, literally going, landing in LA at 6 PM and getting on the 7 AM flight the next day and getting back to work and just going to work and flying to Ireland. And then from Ireland to, you know, Washington and Washington, to a conference in LA, then home, just like gnarly stuff. And just remembering like, we did that together and you had somebody that just was willing to do it with you. And so I think no matter what, whether that support group is a co-founder, is a spouse, is parents, a friend, uh, a community, um, I think it can come in the forms of so many different things, but having someone that has your back um, when you have bad days, you can get, you know, jump on a call with and just get through it because the next day can be better and you can solve the problem again. Yeah. I mean, another thing I talk about too, is the more of those you go through and the more challenges that you just, they're just a challenge, right? They, yeah. they seem really big when you're living in it. 
And but I, I, so many people at the beginning of the pandemic were saying to me, you know, like you seem very calm. And I was, I was super calm because I've been through all kinds of heavy things, you know, over the years and been through the financial crisis and, you know, been through, I've seen too much, right? I remember the first legal email I got from another lawyer and I was like, our company's done. This is horrible. And then just got one yesterday and it's like, it's not fun and it's not ideal. And we're not trying to put ourselves in those situations, but when they come, you just kind of get through it and figure it out and it'll work out. Yeah. No, definitely. And I think that that's the thing. Somebody was asking, actually a reporter was asking me, is that age or is that experiences? And I said, I don't know, maybe it's a little both, right? As you go along, you know, it's, but I I think more than anything, you start to appreciate things. And some of the stuff I talk about, even in the book, when I mean, one story in particular got booted out of Starbucks. I mean, that was, that was a bad day on the calendar. Like, you know, it was not it was not good on the timeline. It was a super high point when we got in there and everything was trucking along and we were doing triple what we were supposed to be doing. And then we got bumped out of there. And I was like, wait, you can't do that. We're doing triple. And guess what? Yeah. They can because it's their yeah, company. They can do, what they they want. Can do whatever they <laughs> want. And this is what I say to entrepreneurs all the time. I said, and, you know, and that was 40 percent of my overall business. It almost tanked my company. And, but it's gone. And so today I don't put all of my eggs in someone else's basket. Oh, I didn't trust me. You know, go like that. I've been there. Yep. I've been there where, you know, you have a week on whales, right? right? You got this one or two big whales. And there was a couple of times where it's like, pump the brakes. We have to find other clients. We have to figure out how to diversify. Cause if one of those goes, this whole thing goes. And so it's like, it's being disciplined and looking and saying like, Oh, I got to like quickly figure out how to diversify and make sure that we're not just going to tank and put all of our eggs in this yeah. one basket. And or just, one influencer, right? You know, I mean, it's the same thing. It's, it's the same theories. And so it, it, I think that, and oftentimes those opinions come when you've, I don't know, call it being burned or call it, you didn't see it coming or whatever it is. I think even for like the not, somebody's listening to this now and they're not necessarily an entrepreneur or think that they have the confidence or whatever. I think it's also just in your normal work life is not just getting the golden handcuffs and being the one place where it's like, oh, I can't leave now. I know the flow and I know the person. It's like constantly just pushing yourself and just learning more. Even if you don't end up changing and you're validating where you're at is exactly where you should be at, which is incredible. And I'm hoping everyone that's listening to this from the space station is thinking, I don't need to go anywhere else, but I wouldn't mind them talking to other people, interviewing other places so that they're solidified that like, this is the best situation. This is where I can give my hundred percent and get it back. This is my career, my future, my everything. I would love for them to go validate that in other places and come back and figure that out. And I think if you're listening to this and you're not going to start your company of a microphone and try to set, like, even just wherever you're at, it's looking and saying, I need to learn more. I can do more, you know, and being willing to not just put all your eggs in that one basket, because guess what? I learned this recently and we learned it through the pandemic. Those aren't bulletproof. Those places aren't just always going to pay your check and always going to have your bills covered. No, like you need to have a network. You need to have a place where you can diversify yourself and make a phone call when things get weird or tough because you've, you've already planted the seeds. And too often we just look and say, oh, big brother's going to pay for me, right? Whoever the owner of the company yeah. is, you know, Kara's going to just hand water's always going to pay my check. I'm good. It's like, Yes and no. If you put in and you can do, incredible, but have a network. Yeah. That doesn't mean change your job every six months and just, it just means after this podcast, go and reach out to a friend at another place and make sure that they know that you care and you're appreciative of them just as a friend. So when hard times hit, it's not like now I'm ringing the phones. It's like, I've been ringing the phones forever. We're good friends. We're good. Hey, do you mind talking to your boss? You know, it's like having a strong network. I think that's important. Do you know who Porter Gale is? She used to be the chief marketing officer at Virgin America, and she did all the purple lights. She's awesome. She wrote this book a few years ago uh, called Your Network is Your Net Worth. And it's so 
I mean, it's, you know, that book has a long tail. Yeah. We're right here. Yeah. We came from a LinkedIn message. Yeah. It's like, well, and that's what I always say to people too, that I think in many ways living in this virtual world that we're kind of in, most of us are in right now. It's just that, you know, if you don't know how to tap into the power of these social networks, whether it's LinkedIn or other places and actually connect with people, I think it's, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty easy to do it. And there are people that are doing it oh, and you can gain LinkedIn access to so, so many C-suite people. Oh, um, oh, and you can get to anybody. Yeah. Honest truth. You can, I sat down with Eric, the co-founder of LinkedIn, the first CTO. I'm like, I'm going to make it to somebody with LinkedIn just to say I met it, that I'm on the platform. Yeah. And I sat down with him in San Francisco in a coffee shop, like 2014, 2013. Right. And it's like, wait, what? I've talked to crazy executives huge investors by just being a real human and just not asking, Hey, I need to get this or that from you. My message to you is just like, I love what you're doing and it's incredible. And then you validated and said, Oh, I think what you're doing is incredible and it works. Uh, you know, I get obviously tons of messages every day that are just directly sales. I want to pitch yeah. you this. And I got that. It's like, be a human. Yeah. Cause you wouldn't want that coming yeah. into your inbox. Be a human. If it relates, everybody wins. It'll go somewhere. I think good people will give the time to everybody, meaning good people will go down the road because that's how they got where they were at was by learning from every situation. Yeah, and people want to learn. I think even sweet, sweet executives, you know, want to learn. Yes. And so if you actually are doing something that they're interested in and put yourself out there to go and network. So this is absolutely awesome, Sean. I love it. Where can people find you and, uh, on LinkedIn and uh, LinkedIn hit me there. Yeah. Sean holiday on LinkedIn is probably the best Instagram. It's all the same Twitter everywhere, kind of all around space station.com was one of our exciting moments. I remember back in 2017, when we uh, acquired that domain, we thought we were so cool uh, getting space station.com. We always said, if the worst case, we'll just sell it to NASA or Elon and <laughs> we should be able to recoup this I whole entire it. expense. Yeah. I love it. That's so great. So super. So everybody give John five stars and come back and see us hey. every Monday and Wednesday with all kinds of cool, uh, mostly founders and CEOs, but also every once in a while, just people with super relevant stuff that they're talking about that will apply to you. So thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.